1: Now broadcasting them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I just want to give credit where credit is due to all the hosts, guests, experts on cable TV, including my colleagues at my favorite cable spot, and all over radio for reminding the American people that it was nearly five years ago to the day that on this very radio show we revealed that Trump, Trump world had been or was being spied upon. Actually, none of that happened today other than Pete Hegseth over the weekend in Hannity. Not a single broadcaster Certainly not at the national level. On cable or conservative talk radio. Bothered to go back in history. We're not telling them to go back into ancient history or the revolutionary period or the civil war period just a few years back. When I revealed just by pulling together the leaks that had been in the media When I reveal, what was it, March 2nd or 3rd, Mr. Producer, the 3rd of March 2017, what I saw in the media, because nobody had put it together, I came under vicious attack by the very media who had published these reports and got no support except from maybe two or three of my colleagues, none. And I went toe-to-toe with the Associated Press and Reuters. I went toe-to-toe with CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post. I went toe-to-toe with all of them, pretty much alone, and that was okay. Now you see folks all over TV, the senators lining up, the congressmen lining up, the commentators from all kinds of backgrounds lining up telling you they knew it. Or telling you that Bill Barr, when he was attorney general, said at a hearing, that yes, he believes Trump was spied on. Six months after I mentioned this. Six months. The only news outlet that I'm aware of that was interested in even contacting me to discuss this was Fox News Digital. Not Fox News. Not Fox Business News. Certainly not CNN or MSNBC. Certainly not the Washington Post or the... New- Just them. That's it. Now, why does this matter, you ask? Well, it has nothing to do with me. But that story was blown off. That story was rejected. When Donald Trump picked it up, when Joe Pollack at Breitbart picked up what I had said that day, they came under attack, too. Oh, he uses the word wiretap. The word wiretap was used because it was in a headline in the New York Times, which they eventually changed when people said, can you prove a wiretap? And of course I made the point, I can't prove anything. I don't have subpoena power. I don't have a grand jury. But I have the media platform, one after another, reporting leaks about what took place. So shame... On the phony news platforms today that pretend that broadcast on this program on March 3rd never occurred. Shame on the phony news platforms today that pretend the Fox and Friends Sunday show I did with Pete Hegsick, among others, on March 5th, 2017, never existed. Shame on the phony news platforms that pretend that the next night on Hannity, March 6th, 2017, that my discussion of this never existed. The reason is, ladies and gentlemen, and the reason this is important is because the media were involved. The media knew a lot of this and covered it up. And the media today are doing the same thing. They act like this is a snore job, a snooze job. It's no big deal. It's a big deal. And this and Russia slash Ukraine are the two big subjects of the day I want to discuss, but not the only ones. Because I also want you to know how Mitch McConnell is sabotaging conservatives and sabotaging the conservative base the way he did with the Tea Party. And hopefully today we'll have time for that too. Now, of course, every particular of what Mr. Dorm is finding out through his criminal investigation, how could I possibly know that? I didn't do a criminal investigation. I don't have the authority to do a criminal investigation. And to the extent anything I said was inaccurate... It was inaccurate because the media were inaccurate, for which they've never apologized. And I gave the source in each example. This is exhibit one and two and three and four, and where did I get it from? Then the media said I was lying, that I was a conspiracy theorist. How can I be lying or conspiracy theorist when I'm regurgitating what they printed, what they said? That put them in a tough position, of course. I got almost no backing from conservatives and talk radio or on cable TV because they're cowards. A handful that stood up are clearly in good stead, but the rest are just cowards. They talk tough. They wanted nothing to do with this. But what's right is right. And even today, even today, you see these news reporters breaking their backs to try and avoid what was said on March 3rd, March 5th, and March 6th, right here, right here. It's hard to avoid it, when if you do a Google search, there I am. But they managed to do it, even my colleagues, they managed to do it. Now let's begin. Fox and Friends, March 5, 2017, cut one, go.
2: On your Thursday evening radio broadcast, you laid out a devastating case about executive overreach of the Obama administration, which many believe metamorphosized itself to tweets that President Trump sent out on Saturday morning, accusing potential wiretapping in Trump Tower. Uh, we want to give you a case here this morning to lay out what you know, what you know about it, and the evidence you have for the potential executive overreach of the Obama administration.
0: Well, pleasure to be here. The evidence before is overwhelming. we go on, here I am live. There's no way in hell this Obama administration, Obama-Biden administration, didn't know what was going on with the Hillary Clinton campaign. There's no way in hell the FBI intel side and the intelligence services didn't know that this private firm hired by the Clinton campaign, no way they didn't know that they weren't involved in tapping into the Trump Tower servers to try and set up a fake Russian narrative. They knew all about it. There's no way they couldn't have known. Go ahead. President Trump's tweeting. This is about the Obama administration's spying. And the question isn't whether it's spied. We know they went to the FISA court twice. The question is, who did they spy on? The extent of the spying. That is, the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, Trump surrogates, and I want to walk you through this, the American people. So let's people. stop now because we have a hard break coming up, and I don't want to cut it short. And you'll see how we get into this, and then I want to talk about what Dorm has found and what he's pursuing and how he's now accelerating his investigation because people are coming forward. I'll be right back. Love Levin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket Constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Harry, They've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Margot Cleveland. It's a pretty good summary at the Federalist. Minus March uh, 2017, of course, but that's been par for the course. Enemies of Donald Trump surveilled the Internet traffic at Trump Tower at his New York City apartment building and later at the executive office of the President of the United States, then fed disinformation about the traffic to intel agencies hoping to frame Trump as a Russian-connected stooge. That's her first paragraph. Here I am five years ago, cut to go. Exhibit one. Exhibit one. This is all public. Head Street. Two separate sources with links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed that the FBI sought and was granted a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. This is spying. Uh, In October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activity of, quote, U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Let me go on. This isn't me. They say the first FISA request, sources say named Trump, was denied back in June, denied by the court. Mm-hmm. But the second was drawn more narrowly and was granted in October after evidence was presented of a server possibly related to the Trump campaign and its alleged links to two banks. Now, sources suggest that they. Face well, let's a stop lot- there. The server, Trump Tower servers, were the subject, according to Durham of these so-called private party operatives paid for by Hillary Clinton. So the newspaper report had it partly right. Not completely right. But so what? This should have been enough for somebody to investigate. Go ahead. The full content of emails and other related documents that may concern U.S. persons. Now, I know people are hung up with Trump's word wiretapping. Well, how'd they get access to this server information? Does it really matter if it was wiretapping, electronic surveillance, or whatever it was? exhibit two the guardian a well-known right wing british paper here it is uh... quote the guardian has learned the fbi applied for a warrant from the foreign intelligence surveillance court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the trump team suspected of irregular contacts with russian officials keep in mind this is during a presidential election the sitting president the incumbent party is now investigating the presidential candidate of the Republican Party and his campaign, to some extent. The FISA court turned down the application, asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October. Exhibit three, McClatchy, another well-known right-wing newspaper. Here they have the agency's headline, FBI, five other agencies. Five other Obama administration agencies pro-possible covert Kremlin aid to Trump. The FBI and five other law enforcement intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether money from Kremlin uh, covertly aided presidential-elect
2: Donald Trump...
0: Now remember, remember, ladies and gentlemen, this guy Michael Sussman, who worked with Elias at this Perkins Coy law firm, He was working for Hillary Clinton in her campaign. He went to the FBI and pressed exactly this case. So he had some success throughout the bureaucracy. I don't think we know in any way the full extent of this yet. Go ahead. The matter said, the agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department... The Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and representatives of the Director of the National Intelligence. Are you telling me Barack Obama didn't know what was going on in six go, agencies? As you hold go on, on, why, on, how are hold you? On. On. Okay, keep going. I'm not done. I need to make the case <laughs> because the media seems to be confused about their own reporting. New York Times, another well known liberal outlet, intercepted Russian communications part of inquiry into Trump associates January 19. The FBI is leading the investigations aided by the NSA, the CIA, Treasury Department's financial crimes unit. The investigators have accelerated their efforts in recent weeks, but have found no exclusive, conclusive evidence or wrongdoing. Listen to this. One official said intelligence reports based on some of the wiretapped communications have been provided to the White House. Now stop. That word wiretapped was in the New York Times piece and in the headline of that piece and then changed. If Philip Bump wants to know or anybody wants to know, it's very simple to find out. And I pointed that out at the time. It was the New York Times that said there were wiretaps. So why are you attacking Donald Trump or me? Go ahead. It's the New York Times, another right wing outlet. Forms. Another right wing
3: outlet. Let's yeah. continue.
0: <laughs> New York Times again, NSA gets more latitude to share intercepted communications. In the final days of the Obama administration, uh, the administration has expanded the power of the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications with the government's 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protections. Now, why would they do this on the way out the door? Well, March 1, Exhibit 6. Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hacking. In the Obama administration's last days, listen to this, some White House officials scrambled to spread information about Russian efforts to undermine the presidential election and about possible contacts between associates of President-elect Trump and Russians across the government. I'm not done. (laughs) Exhibit seven, New York Times. Flynn is said to have talked to Russians about sanctions Trump took office. Well, where'd they get this information? Well, Mark, you know, the FISA court, they're always monitoring the, uh, the uh, Russian ambassador and so... Forth. How do we know that? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But there's an awful lot of other activity. Sure. Here we have Washington Post. One more. Washington Post, March 2nd. U.S. investigators have examined contacts Attorney General Sessions had with Russian officials during the time he was advising... Donald Trump's campaign. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation has been on communication between Trump campaign officials in mm-hmm. Russia. Listen to this. The inquiry involving Sessions is examining his contacts while serving as Trump's foreign policy advisor in This the is how spring. they took out Sessions. This is how they got Sessions to recuse. They dragged him into the investigation. More when I return. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket sized constitution right now at Levin for Hillsdale dot com, L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket Constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Harry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
1: McLevin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. By the way,
0: Canada is now officially a police state. They're starting to arrest truckers, to make an example. Trudeau has grabbed more emergency powers to crush the truckers than the president of Ukraine is grabbed emergency powers to prepare for the Russia attack. And this is typical, I'm afraid, of uh, of Western leftists who believe that their people should conform whether their people like it or not. In the name of the people, of course. All right, let's go on. So I continued with the wonderful Pete Hegseth on Fox and Friends Sunday, I think it was. Cut, uh, let's see, cut cut to go
2: as you do on your yeah. radio program you lay out a devastating case based on public documents as you point out and not right wing uh, sources but m- mainstream left stream sources how confident are you that this new this investigation which was on russian so called russian hacking but now the white house says this morning will be broadened to looking into executive overreach
4: how confident Look, are you they will find something there
0: i don't know but let me, they already found something the issue isn't whether the obama administration spied on the Trump campaign or transition or certain of its surrogates. The issue is the extent of it. Mm-hmm. They went into court a second time. They were so aggressive. They waited four or five months. They go back in October, weeks before the general election. They narrow their request. All of a sudden, we have leaks coming out on Flynn. Then we have a oh horrible meeting that took place between sessions and so forth. And I'm telling you, as a former chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States, in the Reagan administration, these are police state tactics. Now, what did Barack Obama know? He knew everything I just read to you, apart, apart from one or two articles. You know, I know it's in the newspapers. It's right there. So, Barack Obama not only knew this, but he gets a daily intelligence briefing. And let me tell you something about daily intelligence briefings. If your attorney general and your FBI is going to the FISA court yep. to get a warrant, to investigate aspects of an opposition party in the middle of a general election campaign. How much you want to bet the President of the United States knew that? I don't want Read to bet you opinion. on Read his opinion. Next cut, three.
2: How does this play out uh, in the media? How are they gonna continue to cover this story?
0: Let me first say, this is the case made by the New York Times, the Washington Post, McClatchy, and the rest of them. I just put it together as a former Justice Department official. And, a, and, and Donald Trump here is being attacked for what he tweeted. Donald Trump is the victim. His campaign is the victim. His transition team is the victim. His surrogates are the victim. These are police state tactics. I am telling you this as a former chief of staff to an attorney general. If this had been done to Barack Obama, all hell would break loose. And it should. And Barack Obama's statement is pathetic. Mark. I, we, uh, uh, let me just say this. Where does it go from here? They ought to release both FISA court applications where they sought the one, the one in the summer and the one in October. So we know exactly what they were doing. That's number one. Number two, Congress needs to see the daily presidential intelligence briefings over the past year or so. Those are the beginnings of a serious investigation. Number three, for the Republicans in Congress, you control the majority. If the Democrats do not want to assist, and they won't. Because I'm starting to think Chuck Schumer and the others are participating in all this cover up activity, then plow ahead without them. But this is Little did I to the- know, although I suspected it, Hillary Clinton and the DNC were up to their eyeballs in this activity. How much you want to bet Pelosi knew about it and Schumer knew about it and the others? Why would the DNC and Hillary Clinton keep it from the leaders of the Democrat Party in the House and the Senate? They wouldn't. Go ahead. We cannot have a sitting presidential administration unleashing six federal agencies, intelligence and law enforcement. I don't mean the president personally sitting there and saying, you know what, Valerie, let's go get him. Obviously, the attorney general and the FBI were involved in this. This is how you get a FISA court application prepared and submitted.
2: Do you think think former President Obama was involved in this? And if so, how much was he involved?
0: I'm not Nostradamus here. I just think that we ought to find out. But I, but I will tell you this. He's more involved than he says. I mean, it's his executive branch. It's his Justice Department. Mine's right. for the IRS. All of a sudden, the IRS is, is targeting American citizens. I don't know anything about it. Uh, we have reporters, including James Rose and the AP, where, where the Obama administration did more investigations of reporters than any administration in American history. They're quite capable of these things. But it doesn't matter. We want to know what took place. And there ought to be public hearings on this stuff, too. I agree with the Democrats. Let's get to the bottom of this. So join me. Join us. This is the public record. It's the newspaper of record, the New York Times. Let's go. No, I was way out front on this, was I not? I was just stating what I read. Five years later, they pretend none of this was said, Mr. Producer. None of it. They pretend none of it was said. Media pretend none of it's even going on today because they were participants in this. And then rather than debate me on their own reporting, whether the reporting was accurate, with anonymous sources, rather than willingly doing that, this is what happened. Cut five, go.
2: White House officials say that the president's sources were various conservative outlets, most prominently perhaps radio host Mark Levin, who seemed to take three basic chunks of information and combine them into one conspiracy theory of what he calls a silent coup. And on the conservative Breitbart website, which Friday... By the way, Brian Friday- Ross
0: is gone and nobody's heard from him since. Go ahead.
2: Radio talk show host Mark Levin. Now the story asserted that Obama has been trying to undermine Trump at every turn. As you can see from the headline, it was inspired by a Thursday night radio segment by conservative talk show host Mark Levin. Apparently, uh, this idea came from right-wing radio host and unlicensed gynecologist Mark Levin, who ranted about these wiretaps on his radio show. That show was then written up by Breitbart as Mark Levin to Congress investigate Obama's silent coup. Now, what he doesn't
0: say, of course, and he is a licensed proctologist, by the way, what he doesn't say, of course, is the word "wiretaps" was in the New York Times piece and in their headline. See, they don't want to debate or discuss what the reporters had said. Go ahead.
2: What does the White House gain by the president, of the, by Steve Bannon, most likely handing the president of the United States a, a Breitbart, Breitbart article. article and 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 talking about what a rabid right-wing talk show host? Uh, has been theorized. See, Joe and
0: I love each other. And by the way, Breitbart, congratulations to them and Joel. They had guts. They saw what I was saying was correct and they added additional information. Now National Pubic Radio. Go ahead.
4: With uh, Firebrand conservative radio host Mark Levin. Uh, briefly, for people don't, who don't know, who is he?
2: He's uh, got quite a following, and he's not just a conservative figure, but often espousing relatively radical positions about the need to uh, reinvent the Constitution and the government and ways in which we think about society. The notion that Mark Levin is a news outlet, it's not the New York Times, it's not the Washington Post, it's not the Wall Street Journal, it's not the LA And the hilarity
0: here is he's gone, too. But even more... He's citing papers, in some cases, that I cited for the information that I, that, I, that I shared with you. Go
2: ahead. Major news network It's Mark Levin, a guy who, you know, I know what talk radio guys do, on left and right, mostly on right. They rile, rile people up with outrageous charges, and nobody keeps count of them. But here's the president of the United States getting his information
0: from these people. Now, he didn't Have get it? his information from these people. Again, these were in public reports. Go ahead.
4: Suggesting President Obama has committed a crime seems pretty thin.
0: The detailed speculation from a How conspir- did this Brit get into the country? And he's still here. Still here. Go ahead. Talk show host, like Mark, Mark show. Levin. Okay. I think we can. Right, now thank off- you. 60 Minutes, October 26, 2020. Leslie Stahl, who is a real news person, don't you know? You're viewing the president, Donald Trump. This is way ahead. October 26, 2020. This is three and a half years after my radio show. Go ahead.
2: So The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. You know, there's no e- real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's no. all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Can
3: I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes. And we can't put on things we can't no, verify. you won't put it on
2: because it's bad for What a
0: condescending
2: product.
0: jackass. Go ahead.
3: We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied
2: and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to put it on the air. No,
3: as a matter of fact, I don't know that. But like the
0: president said, just look at the papers. All I did is put it all together. And then the media, they weren't sure whether to condemn themselves, to condemn each other, so they just decided to attack little old me. Corinne Jean-Pierre. At the White House press briefing today, do we know what outlet she works for, Mr. Perdue's here? I don't think we do. Yeah. Oh, she's Pesaki's deputy. Jackie Heinrich of Fox does pose some good questions. Cut seven, go.
4: Does the president have any concerns about a
2: candidate for president uh, using computer experts to infiltrate computer systems? Um, of competing candidates or even the president-elect to you for the goal of creating a narrative? Is that something that...
1: That's something I can't speak to from this podium, so I I refer you to the Department of Justice. Is
2: what was described in that report monitoring internet traffic... Is, is that spying?
1: Again, I can't speak to that report. You, I, I refer you to the Department of Justice. Generally
2: speaking, that with monitoring internet traffic, Jackie, my answer is not going to change. I refer you to Department of Justice. Jackie, Jackie, yeah, I'm a robot. Matter. I just
0: keep regurgitating the same thing. That's what they told me to do. I really can't comment on this. I can't do it. Go ask justice. The Department of Injustice. Oh, I'm sure they're all over it. Hillary Clinton campaign used these intermediaries on the Trump Tower servers, and beyond that, ladies and gentlemen. Remember early on you heard me read from an article that talked about two servers in Trump Tower? That reporter was pretty close. When we come back, I will give you a little bit more detail so you fully understand what it is that Durham has found and what he's pursuing. I'll be right back. Mark
1: Lovin.
0: Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free, pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com. Let me be blunt. Hillary Clinton should be in prison, and she should be doing a lot of years. The idea that people who trespass we were parading on government property on January 6th, are in jail, and Hillary Clinton is in Westchester, enjoying herself, is really appalling to me. It's disgusting. Yet this is the situation. Well, the Russophiles in America, the Russophiles, they have egg all over their faces, but they don't know it. They're blinded by their own scrambled eggs. And their scrambled brains. The defenders of Putin. Pathetic. But more on that later. Let's get started again. Margaret Cleveland, the Federalist. A tangential filing on Friday in the criminal case against former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman revealed these new details uncovered by special counsel John Dorm's investigation. What details? Enemies of Trump surveilled the Internet traffic at Trump Tower, at his New York City apartment building, and later at the Executive Office of the President of the United States in order to feed disinformation to the intelligence agencies, which ran with it. How do we know? You heard what I said five years ago. The revelation came in the middle of a 13-page motion. Dorm's prosecutors filed on the criminal case against Sussman. The special counsel's office charged Sussman in September 2021 in a one-count indictment of lying to James Baker during a meeting that he was the general counsel of the FBI in the weeks leading up to the 2016 election. This is an insurrection, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it was. During Sussman's September 19, 2016 meeting with Baker, he allegedly provided the FBI general counsel information that purported to show the existence of a secret communication channel between the Trump Organization and and the Russian Alpha Bank. The indictment charge that Sussman told Baker during that meeting, he was not working on behalf of any client, when according to the indictment, he was actually acting on behalf, quote, of a U.S. technology industry executive at a U.S. internet company, unquote. Later identified as Rodney Joffe and the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. While the special counsel's indictment of the Clinton campaign lawyer was by itself huge news, the details dorm sprinkled throughout the 27 pages of the talking indictment suggest even more uh, 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 bombshells are to come. Those allegations suggest, quote, a scandal much deeper than merely Sussman's role in a second Russian hoax, a scandal that entangles the Clinton campaign, multiple Internet companies, two federally funded university researchers, and a complicit media, unquote. Right, Philip Bump? We'll get to you later. The talking indictment filed against Sussman soon proved to be the first of many talking legal documents Dorm's team filed with the court. little more than a month after charging Sussman, Dorm filed a response to Sussman's motion for a bill of particulars, a motion that asked the court... To order Dorm to provide more details about his alleged crime. So he did. A discovery update filed in late January added even more texture to the charge against Sussman and the broader investigation. Dorm exposed even more intrigue in the clarification to the discovery update he filed a few days later. In Friday's motion, formally a motion to inquire into potential conflicts of interest, Dorm continued providing the public an update on select portions of the special counsel's probe. Now, Why did he file a motion on a potential conflict of interest? Quote, the special counsel's office opened the motion by explaining it believes Sussman's current counsel at Latham and Watkins may have potential conflicts of interest that could affect its representation of Sussman. Those potential conflicts likely could be addressed with a knowing and voluntary waiver by the defendant upon consultation with conflict-free counsel. In other words, this counsel is either representing somebody else involved in this matter uh, well that's got to be the reason and so the question is uh, if the council is using the representation of one person to glean information in defense of another now we have a break it's the top of the hour such is the nature of commercial radio and when we return as the great Paul Harvey would say the rest the story
1: Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: All right, folks, let's jump right back into this. lots to cover, and you're at the right place at the right time. let's continue. Obtaining an on-the-record waiver for Sussman of any conflict of interest with the lawyer would limit Sussman's ability to later challenge any conviction, whether following a plea agreement or a jury verdict. The court will likely grant that motion to ensure both that any waiver of the conflict is knowing and and to ensure Sussman cannot later attempt to overturn any conviction based on the conflicts with his lawyer. It is what followed in the next 12 pages, however, and not the mundane minutiae of this motion that proved explosive. In explaining the potential conflicts of interest, Sussman's, Latham, and Watkins attorneys possibly had Dorm explained much more the Get Trump plot. To explain the com- potential conflicts, Dorm began with the charge, noting as factual background, quote-unquote, that Sussman, while serving as counsel to the Clinton campaign, met with FBI General Counsel Baker at FBI headquarters and provided Baker, quote, purported data and white papers, unquote, that allegedly demonstrated a covert communications channel between the Trump Organization and a Russian-based bank, that alpha bank. The motion then reiterated the indictment's allegations that beginning in approximately July 2016, Jaffe that's this Internet guy, worked with Sussman, the opposition research firm Fusion GPS, and numerous cyber researchers, I'm quoting now, and employees at multiple Internet companies to assemble the purported data in white papers, unquote. In connection with these efforts, continued the motion, Jaffe exploited his access to non-public and or proprietary Internet data. Jaffe would then task researchers at Georgia Tech to mine Internet data to establish an inference and narrative tying then-candidate Trump to Russia, with Jaffe indicating that he was seeking to please certain VIPs, referring to individuals with the Clinton campaign and Sussman's law firm at the time, Perkins Coie. All roads go through this guy, Mark Elias, in this law firm. I've been telling you about this for months. This guy, Elias, and so forth, Perkins Coie, I don't know what Elias knew, but he ought to be questioned. Friday's motion then for the first time revealed that the Internet data Jaffe and his associates exploited was domain name system DNS, Internet traffic pertaining to a particular health care provider, Trump Tower, Donald Trump's Central Park West apartment building, and the executive office of the president. In other words, let me help. They tapped into the data in his computers at Trump Tower... Donald Trump's Central Park West apartment building and the office of the President of the United States. And I don't know who this health care provider is, but perhaps his doctor for all I know. All paid for by Hillary Clinton and the DNC. The motion further stressed that Jaffe's Internet Company had come to access and maintain dedicated servers for the executive office of the president as part of a sensitive arrangement, whereby it provided DNS resolution services to the executive office of the president. In other words, it was a federal contractor with the executive office of the president, and it used that role to tap into Trump's information. And most of this is being ignored by the media today. Most of it. Jaffe and his associates, the motion claimed, exploited this arrangement by mining the executive office of the president's DNS traffic and other data for the purpose of gathering derogatory information about Donald Trump. You can't tell me, folks, that the FBI and the intel agencies didn't know this. According to the motion, because remember, they had their own thing going on at the same time trying to take Trump out. According to the motion. Joffe did more than have his associates mine internet traffic at Trump Tower, Trump's residential apartment building, and the executive office of the President of the United States. He gave that data to Sussman, who provided it to the CIA during a February 9, 2017 meeting. That's one month before I went public. During that meeting, Sussman gave the CIA, quote, data which he claimed reflected purportedly suspicious DNS lookups by Trump Tower, Trump's residential apartment building, the executive office of the president's, and a health care provider of Internet protocol or IP addresses affiliated with a Russian mobile phone provided. In other words, they planted information. According to Friday's motion, Sussman told the CIA during his meeting on February 9, 2017, quote, That these lookups demonstrated Trump and or his associates were using supposedly rare, Russian-made wireless phones in the vicinity of the White House and other locations. It's a setup. And most of the media are ignoring this. Think about this. Shame on Chris Christie. And shame on the Bush clan. And shame on the Cheney clan. And shame on all of them. Shame on the never-Trumpers. This man comes right out of the box. They're going out trying to take him out, corrupting every aspect of this federal law enforcement and federal intel. It's unbelievable. Not only was there no support for these allegations, the motion explained, but the special counsel's office obtained more complete DNS data from the company that assisted Jaffe. And why didn't the special counsel's office say anything about it? It discovered that Jaffe and his associates had gathered data showing that between 2014 and 2017, there were more than 3 million lookups of Russian phone providers' IP address, but fewer than 1,000 originated with IPS addresses affiliated with Trump Tower. Additionally, the data assembled by Jaffe and his associates showed the DNS lookups involving the executive office of the president and the Russian cell phone provider, began at least as early as 2014, that is, during the Obama administration and years before Trump took office. The data shared with the FBI, however, om- omitted both of these details. Omitted the details. Sussman also allegedly told the CIA he was not acting on behalf of any client when, according to Dorham, he was, in fact, working for Jaffe. This revelation is huge. It means Jaffe had data that disproved the very theory Sussman peddled to the CIA about Trump or his associates. Using supposedly rare, Russian-made wireless phones in the vicinity of the White House and other locations. Further, the CIA received only the misleading data and not the full analysis Jaffe had commissioned. Two added details confirm the significance of this revelation. First, shortly after news of the Sussman indictment broke, and while the press remained hyper-focused on the Alpha Bank angle, that Trump was getting special favors in communicating with Alpha Bank in in Russia, the New York Times gave Sussman's team an assist in getting ahead of the news by casually reporting about the targeting of Trump with DNS lookups. Charlie Savage and Adam Goldman reported for The Times since September 30, 2021, as follows: The Alpha Bank suspicions were only half of what the researchers sought to bring to the government's attention, according to several people familiar with the matter. The other set of concerns centered on data that a Yodo phone, a Russian-made smartphone rarely seen in the United States, had been used from networks serving the White House, Trump Tower, and Spectrum Health, a Michigan hospital company whose server had also interacted Excuse me. Interacted with the Trump server, according to the Times, and the headline of their article was "Trump Server Mystery Produces Fresh Conflict." Now, why is that big deal? Because the New York Times didn't have this information, so it was spinning on behalf of Joffe and the others. What was Trump and his people? What were they doing with the Yoda phone and this information? They weren't doing anything with a yodafone or any information. They reported. Mr. Sussman relayed their yodafone findings to counter intel officials at the CIA in February 2017. The people said it's not clear whether the government ever investigated them, and it goes on. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is a grave threat to our republic. This is a grave, grave threat to our Republic what took place here. We don't need the meeting the Democrats telling us that January sixth was an insurrection when it wasn't. We don't need the phonies and the frauds and the fools and the and the buffoons in the media telling us anything. They participated in this. And as I speak, they're participating in a cover up by barely noting this, barely reporting it, pushing it to the back pages. Five years ago. The beginnings of this. Five years ago, the beginnings of this were noted. And let me ask you a question. Who is involved in this? The Democrat Party and the media. Who doesn't care about this? The Democrat Party and the media. Who seeks to destroy this republic with this American Marxism ideology? The Democrat Party and the media. That's why it'll be important in the last hour to talk about Mitch McConnell. I'll be right back. love Alright, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a couple years now to switch to Pure Talk, and thousands of you have. Let's hear from one of those happy customers. Here's a note from Robert of Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. I was a 20-year customer of Verizon that needed to upgrade my iPhone 7. I checked my Verizon deals and even spoke with a rep, but wasn't impressed with the offers they were giving, especially being a 20-year customer. I heard about Pure Talk on The Mark Levin Show and checked it out. I was really happy with the deal I found, but still nervous about going to a new carrier. Ultimately, I kicked Verizon to the curb and couldn't be happier with Pure Talk service. I saved $300 on my new phone, got 15 gigs more a month on my plan that costs less. I personally couldn't be happier since switching to Pure Talk. Well, friends, stop being scared. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and this month, you'll save an additional 25% for your first three months. Or just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code MarkLevin.com. And save today. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the man who first brought to my attention, certainly through the Epic Times, the fact that Donald Trump was being monitored by this outfit while he was president of the United States was a piece in the Epic Times by investigative reporter Hans, our second Hans friend here, by the way, Monkey. Hans, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good. Well, here you broke this because you bothered to read the whole thing. And nobody (laughs) even mentions Epic Times or you. So I thought it would be important to 14 million people to let them know, Hans, very, very important. You dug into this piece. You saw uh, into the uh, brief, rather. You read the motion. You saw this. And when you read it, did you go, holy crap? What did you do?
4: I went, holy crap. So... I saw this on Saturday morning. Uh, it was filed at some point during the night, because or late night on Friday, because I checked on Friday evening. I, I always checked all these dockets, and it wasn't there. And I checked at about 9 a.m. Uh, on Saturday morning, and I was like, holy crap, exactly. And uh, I think the first thing I did is I tweeted it out, just like, here, guys, have a look at this.
0: Mm-hmm. And I noticed other people then piggybacked it and were pushing it up, pushing it up. Now you see the stories that are basically replicating... What you tweeted, and it, which is good, that means it's getting out there without attribution, which is bad. I'm a, I'm a real stickler for this. Now, that said, <laughs> yeah, I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? And now, now, that said, the big media, the phony media, they're either downplaying it, you know, pushing it to the back pages like they did the Holocaust way back when, but pushing it to the back pages or completely ignoring it. Is it because of their ideology? Is it because they were participants in so many ways? What, what do you think it is?
4: I think It's probably a combination of those things. I guess uh, you and your uh, audience saw that the Washington Post just put out a piece, which is, I think, the first of the mainstream media that put out a piece yeah. on this. Um, but it's pushing back. What they're saying is that, oh, this, this was not the spying incident that Trump talked about five years ago. Was, this was mm-hmm. a different mm-hmm. spying mm-hmm. <laughs> incident, you know, as if that makes it any better.
0: Yeah, this guy, uh, Philly Bump, we, we mock him all the time. I'm there, right in the second or third <laughs> paragraph. It's such a joke. Uh, the primary rationale for Trump's tweet, it seems, was a story published by Breitbart News that attempted to summarize a broadcast by right-wing radio. Why am I right-wing, Hans? I believe in the Constitution. <laughs> Does that make me right-wing? I don't think so.
4: I keep, I keep getting called the same.
0: Right-wing radio host Mark Levin. As away, and then he goes on and on and on in incoherent, barely literate gibberish to try and undo the seriousness of this. I mean, I couldn't even finish it, could you?
4: Well, no, you probably it. I actually, I looked at his tweets, which are probably even worse, but yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, this guy, it's it's like the people in jail on January 6th, and I want to discuss that with you very briefly, too, very quickly. There are a lot of people in jail right now who shouldn't be in jail. We're not talking about violent offenders. We're talking about people who trespassed and were parading while Hillary Clinton is out there enjoying herself. These people are trying to get a trial date, and if you dare to bring that up, you're obviously part of a white supremacist militia group that supports violence. Now... The Epic Times is a wonderful uh, news source, I think. Is this why the Epic Times came to be and why somebody like you is attracted to it, to really push back against this sort of thing?
4: Yeah, I was attracted to it before I wrote for them, but, uh, and I was attracted to them for exactly that reason. They just told it like it was, the good, the bad, and it's, it's just in there. And we have a story coming out tonight, uh, kind of a follow-up on this, which talks about the national security implications of, of uh, what Durham has revealed.
0: And this is a big deal, isn't it? Really big deal.
4: Well, you got this guy, Joff, Rodney Joff, who uh, had all this access. And he's got a bit of a checkered history. And you just kind of wonder, why did this guy have all this access? And then, of course, he went, well, via Michael Sussman, Hillary Clinton's lawyer, he went to the FBI, he went to the CIA. Um, why didn't anyone kind of raise a flag, like a red flag? Hey, uh, why why do we have this private individual able to monitor the president's Internet traffic?
0: The FBI and the CIA had to know a hell of a lot more than they've let on. Don't you agree? That's my view as an old justice guy.
4: No, absolutely. When, um, so the indictment tells us that um, the information that was brought to the CIA unlike the one that was brought to the FBI, included details of Trump's internet traffic while he was in the White House. So that's obviously the new thing here. Mm-hmm. So they must have not taken very long to figure out how it is that Sussman would know that, um, because, well, they knew who was supplying the White House with these DNS services, and that was Joffe. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they pieced it together very, very quickly.
0: Not to be a conspiracy theorist, of course by reading actual newspaper accounts to the American people. But let me ask you this. The, the January 6th committee seems to be a Nancy Pelosi obsession. That is, their obsession is with Trump and his surrogates, family, friends, acquaintances, to try and prevent him from running again. They have no interest in what Nancy Pelosi did or didn't do in protecting the Capitol building. My question to you would be, would they have access to what Jaffe or joff had created as well do you know
4: the data uh, no I, I mean i don't know specifically but the very idea that and this is now confirmed i mean that's in the indictment uh, sorry in the in the filing which is on top of the indictment the very idea that you have a private individual with a very very uh, checkered past as i as i mentioned i mean yeah he was involved in mail orders, scams and all sorts of things the fact that such an individual had that level of access does make you wonder, you know, what else do you have access to and who else might have that kind of access? He might not be the only one.
0: I'm just thinking this committee, which is subpoenaing everything and everyone, um, if it wanted to get additional access and it knows about data that involves Internet traffic and the President of the United States and so forth, they may want to look at that. And that would be a problem, I think, because they, first of all, it shouldn't exist. And secondly, uh, I don't know what their oversight responsibilities are in terms of uh, writing legislation. Maybe I'm going a step too far, but I just don't trust these people anymore, Hans. I just don't trust them. Anyway, you keep going down to that courthouse or however you do it. You keep reading these motions because you found this gem in there. You were the first. And that's Hans Monk. And Hans works for a wonderful outlet, the Epic Times. He's an investigative reporter. Keep it up, buddy. Thanks, Mark. There he goes. Now I know two Hanses, Mr. Pedis. And they're both excellent. I'll be right back. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive, cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases, are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you, find the phone that's right for you, or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. <laughs>
1: The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative
2: media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Yellow, yellow, welcome back. You really ought to
0: check out Epic Times. They have a lot of good reporters there. They really do. And it's a subscription model, and I'm all for it. You know, they're not going to get big blue chip companies advertising there. And uh, Hans is a great reporter, but he broke this story. There's no question about it. He broke it, and he gets no credit, except from me. And he broke it. He put it on Twitter. Everybody went wild. Mr. Producer's up morning, noon, and night on Twitter, I think, and Mr. Call Screen, or somebody is, and they sent it to me, and it's very helpful, by the way. Could be my stepson. He's on Twitter all the time. My daughter. They're all on Twitter, except me. You're all Twitter birds, did you notice them, Mr. Producer? Uh, I am not, and I'm proud not to be. Now, I want to talk about Russia. My ancestry is Russian, but I'm not a special pleader for the Russians. No, I don't hate the Russian people, it's their government I despise. And I've despised it for over a hundred years actually longer than that, since the Tsar. Tsar wasn't very kind to my people. Let my people go, and they left, went all over Europe, and particularly to the United States, Russian Jews. Putin is an apparatchik. He's a KGB, raised, indoctrinated, educated, operative. That's what he is. So if you hear a radio host or a TV host making an excuse for Putin, that's because they're an ignoramus. And they're trying to project their own ideology on top of Putin. Now, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why is Putin building hypersonic missiles? His economy is dead. He's got 170 million people. Why would he do that? To hit Kiev? You know, growing up, my entire life it was Kiev. Now, all of a sudden, it's Kiev. It's like Peking is now Beijing. Well, whatever. So, um, everybody knows this guy's not our friend. And it's not the choice, black and white. Well, you know, what, do you want to go to war? What are you going to war? It must be a neocon. Very weird. Neocon? You must be a fruitcake. Into it being a neocon or an ideologue. That's the talk of stupid people. Who can't get much beyond surface level. Now I believe in prudence when it comes to foreign policy. I wrote about it. in Liberty and tyranny. Entire chapter. It's about self-defense. What's the best self-defense? Fortress America. Is that a smart idea ladies and gentlemen? not having forward bases, not having allies. How stupid is that in a world of intercontinental ballistic missiles? Yeah, well, we got two oceans, you know. But they're called intercontinental ballistic missiles for a reason. They're called nuclear warheads for a reason. They're called jets for a reason. So some people have their heads not only stuck in the rear ends, but stuck in like the 15th century. They think we're still fighting with bow and arrows and shields. Well, we're not. We're dealing with people who can take out our electrical grid, take out our GPS system. We're dealing with people who can take out our cities, all of them, at once. And so it is important to have allies, to have forward bases, to have options available to protect us. It's called self-defense. It's much like the clowns who will call you neocons, or much like the clowns who keep repeating, like parakeets, white supremacists you must be white supremacists you don't agree with me you're not only a white supremacist you're a neocon now then I look at people like Lindsey Graham Lindsey Graham what kind of foreign policy is it that is endlessly interventionist endlessly interventionist It's foolish. It's buffoonish. And um, and some of the others. I mean, you can wear a country out. You can wear out a country's resolve. You can wear out a country's resources. You can wear out the people. So you're not prioritizing enough when it comes to countries. But Russia is an enemy. Didn't have to be an enemy. Soviet Union collapsed. We did everything we could to build an alliance with it. The captive nations, that's what they were always called, broke away, the Baltic states, the other nations, the main one being Ukraine. Ukraine. Ukraine was never owned by Russia. Russia's always tried to conquer Ukraine. It's like the weak sister. That's right. May I say sister? Future birthing person. You get the drift. And I told you about the 1994 agreement. Nobody else told you. Now that I tell you, ooh, now everybody tells you. The Budapest agreement. They gave up their nukes for security, and now they don't have either. That's a lesson. They gave up their nukes to the Russians for security. The Russians, we the Americans, the Brits, and the Ukrainians sign this memorandum of agreement. That Ukraine's sovereignty will not only be acknowledged, but will be protected. Much like the communist regime in Peking, Beijing. In which they broke their agreement with the Brits when it came to Hong Kong. Hong Kong as we knew it, no longer exists, if you can believe that. That beautiful, tiny, little speck which was a center for free market capitalism and growth and it was a magnificent democracy is, uh, is no more. And now they have their sights on Taiwan. So, um, so I would ask the what should we call them? Let's see, what should we call them? I think we should call them the, uh, the neo-communists, maybe? Because their positions are very much in line with the, with the enemy. But I don't know. I would ask them, where do we draw the line? And I'll say what I've always said. How many wars have started in Lawrence, Kansas? How many world wars have started in Lawrence, Kansas? They're 7,000 miles away. All right, what do we have to do with them? Our new friends, the Ukrainians, what do they have to do with us? And, and the Middle East, what are we doing there? Because they hate us in the Middle East. They want to kill us. Remember 9-11? They were 7,000 miles away. Somehow they hit us. They hit us. Well, we provoked them, you know. It was our fault. It was America, a the white supremacists, the neocons. You have to dismiss these people. They're nuts. History doesn't bear out anything they say. And the more dangerous the world gets, the more foolish it is to have Ford America. I'm talking about foreign policy here we should have our sovereignty and our borders and so forth and so on how many of you want to give Guam away Guam is an American territory how many of you want to give Puerto Rico away Puerto Rico is an American territory how many of you want to give uh, what is it St. Thomas Virgin Islands away that's an American territory and I can go on and on and on how many bases do you want to give away NATO, Europe, we don't have a role there? Well, ask the families of all the men who died there in World War I and World War II, who are buried there, that we should just pull out and leave it to the Russians and the Chinese and so forth. It's like our energy policy. We have unilaterally... Given up the strongest position in energy on the face of the planet. We were energy independent, something we've tried to be for half a century. And comes Mr. Schmo, he comes in, kills our energy industry, and strengthens our enemies. If you oppose globalism, you need to understand what globalism means. Globalism means global government. You should oppose that at every turn. Every turn. The United Nations, the International Criminal Court, the this and the that. That's a goal to destroy our sovereignty, and the left supports it. Economic globalism is okay if it's not done with your enemy or your adversaries. That is, you don't want to enrich and empower and, and provide knowledge to your enemies that they use against you. But your allies, of course. Or Columbus would never have found America. You do understand that, right? He would have been just sitting there in Spain, picking his nose. My wife is in the peanut gallery right now. She is beautiful. You're my valentine. Uh, happy valentine, sweetie. I love you, honey. And I love you, too. I'll be right back. Much in. All right, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a couple years now to switch to Pure Talk, and thousands of you have. Let's hear from one of those happy customers. Here's a note from Robert of Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. I was a 20-year customer of Verizon that needed to upgrade my iPhone 7. I checked my Verizon deals and even spoke with a rep, but wasn't impressed with the offers they were giving, especially being a 20-year customer. I heard about Pure Talk on The Mark Levin Show and checked it out. I was really happy with the deal I found, but still nervous about going to a new character. Ultimately, I kicked Verizon to the curb and couldn't be happier with Pure Talk service. I saved $300 on my new phone, got 15 gigs more a month on my plan that costs less. I personally couldn't be happier since switching to Pure Talk. Well, friends, stop being scared. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and this month, you'll save an additional 25% for your first three months. Or just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code MARKLEVIN.com. And save today. Well, I did watch part of the Super Bowl, and you know what? It was a good game, Mr. Peduz. Did you watch?
3: Excuse
0: me. I was setting you up. Did you watch that, or did you watch my rerun? (laughs) Exactly. What? Anyway, so. um, No, I watched the game. That's why we do a rerun on Super Bowl. Sunday, because we know most of you will, although we'll see. But that said, I did get my buddies writing and say, thank God you're on TV. This was a great show. They should rerun it. And I thought, it is a rerun. Uh, But that aside, obviously they were drinking heavily. I thought it was a very good Super Bowl. Now, you know, I pick on a few calls, but there was one bad call either way, quite frankly. Didn't get me all worked up. But those are two good teams, two very good teams. And I thought there were a lot of good teams this year. And maybe if my Philadelphia Eagles will stop taking knees and stop mouthing off, maybe they could become a good team again. The one thing I want to thank the Philadelphia Eagles for, and I mean this, the last year of my father's life they won the Super Bowl, Mr. Bridges. And I remember getting him an Eagles hat and an Eagles jersey, and he sat there with the Eagles hat, and he watched that game. So I have to thank them for that. What do you think of the new name of the Washington, you know, the, the Red, they used to be the Redskins, of course. And now they're called the Commanders. And I'm thinking to myself, what exactly are they commanding, Mr. Producer? What are they commanding? The Washington Commanders. It's like you got to pay some firm five million dollars to come up with something that is so oblique, so so, so non whatever. It's it's, it's non offensive. So uh, I was thinking of calling them the Washington neocons. What do you think of that? The Washington neocons. They like
1: war. What the hell?
0: Go get them. Just just a thought. I do like this uh, quarterback for the uh, for the Bengals. I like the other guy too, please, please. But I like the quarterback for the Bengals. This young guy, he's really good. I never heard of him before, you know, some time ago. But he's uh, he was very poised considering how young he is. Joe Burrow, of course. But I like the coach for the LA Rams. I know both coaches are thirty six years old. And by the way, I want to tell Joe Biden, who's very upset about the coaching situation in the NFL, that there's not enough uh, African-Americans, I want to tell him this. Maybe, maybe not, but I do know this. There are more African-American coaches in the National Football League than there are African-American committee chairmen in the Democrat-controlled Senate. This I know. I'll be right back. Why am I doing that? 877-381-3811. Those of you who wrote who read, excuse me, Unfreedom of the Press, take a look at chapter five. News propaganda and pseudo events. Russia collusion was a pseudo event from which propaganda was spewed. A pseudo event. In other words a concoction. The data mining that was done against Donald Trump as a candidate, as the president-elect, and then as president, on behalf... Here's the thing, folks. The Hillary Clinton campaign was involved in all this. The DNC was involved in all this. The CIA and the FBI were aware of all this. They're all aware of this. Because this guy went to them and tried to peddle this information. The lawyer went to them and tried to peddle this information. And they were more than happy to take it and leak it to the press. And they worked with the press. But once Donald Trump was president, this is horrible, but once he's president, you understand there's a spying operation going on. from an organization that had been working with Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. It continued through part of his presidency. How is it that Robert Mueller didn't discover all this? Robert Mueller and his merry band of hacks, hypocrites, and hyenas. How is that possible? It's not possible. We literally have a Democrat party... We literally have this American Marxism Marxism mindset that anything goes. You know the old line, the ends justify the means, and they mean that. And so that's why when you listen to the Chris Christie's or you listen to the the Bushites or the McConnell's or the, you know, uh, the election's over. It just is what it is, uh, this 2020. What they're not focused on is what happened prior to the election. That's what I focus on what was done to our election system. These are the same people. This is the greatest scandal in American history. It is the greatest scandal in America. It's not January 6th, although the scandal there is the innocent people who were trespassing and parading. We got to throw the book at them, right, Judge? Oh, yeah. We sure do. And, uh, they're going to keep pressing this, and they're going to keep downplaying what took place against Trump. They had no interest whatsoever in pursuing it when I raised it. They initially raised it. I just put it together. Remember this fellow by the name of Borston that I mentioned to you? He was a professor at the University of Chicago. He became the director of the Library of Congress. Well, he was a brilliant man. Brilliant man. And he wrote in 1961 a book called The Image, A Guide to Pseudo-Events in America. And I've mentioned this, but it's worth reiterating. He says, we need not be theologians to see that we have shifted responsibility for making the world interesting from God to the newspaper man. We used to believe there were only so many events in the world, There were not many intriguing and startling consequences. It wasn't the fault of the reporter. He could not be expected to report what did not exist. Within the last hundred years, remember he wrote this in 61, so it would be the last 160 years, we expect the papers to be full of news. There's no news visible to the naked eye or to the average citizen. We still expect it to be there for the enterprising newsman, The successful reporter is one who can find a story, even if there is no earthquake or assassination or civil war. If he cannot find a story, then he must make one. By the questions he asks of public figures, by the surprising human interest he unfolds from some commonplace event, or by the so-called news behind the news, if all this fails, then he must give us a think piece, an embroidering of well-known facts or speculation about startling things to come. He called this Synthetic novelty, which has flooded our experience, that being pseudo-events, phony events, concocted, manufactured events. He's a brilliant man, but the modern press has taken it a step further, ladies and gentlemen, as I point out in another chapter of this book. Pseudo-events and propaganda on behalf of what? Advocacy. Advocating for what? This American Marxist ideology. American Marxist, not purely Marxist, American Marxist ideology with the general application of the fundamentals. The centralization of government, whether it's health care, the open borders, the endless spending, taxation, regulation, climate change. And on and on and on it goes. That's what they support. And you and I have realized this and we fight this. And and at various times over the last quarter century or so, you and I have risen up, millions of us, the Reagan Revolution. The Tea Party movement, the Trump revolution, and what is to become the next revolution, to push back against this, to try and get our country back. And we face a 24-7 enemy in these American Marxist movements, whether it's critical race theory, transgenderism as an ideology, open borders and lat-crit, Phony climate change, a war, degrowth against our economic system. Look now, there's degrowth. It's happening now. Degrowth. Degrowth. You're poorer today than you were a year ago. That's inflation. Degrowth. Attacking our own energy system from within. That's degrowth. The lack of parts, the lack of uh, computer chips for our automobiles. That's degrowth. And the failure to do anything about it. We know what we're facing. But it's not just the American Marxist movement. It's the saboteurs within the Republican Party. And these saboteurs, many of them are in the United States Congress. And one of them is Mitch McConnell. What exactly does Mitch McConnell stand for other than Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell was not a Reagan guy. He was a Ford guy. Mitch McConnell did not support the Tea Party. He fought it. Mitch McConnell did not support the Trump movement. He fought it, undermined it. And Mitch McConnell doesn't support the rising power of the grassroots right now. And there's a long, long piece here that's been written about Mitch McConnell, D-N-Y-O-Z or whatever the hell it is. But it's very good. Inside McConnell's campaign to take back the Senate and thwart Trump. Phoenix, Arizona. For more than a year, former President Trump has berated Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona, savaging him for refusing to overturn the state's presidential results and vowing to oppose him should he run for the Senate this year. That's not exactly what Trump has done, but it's too long to correct everything. In early December, though... Mr. Ducey received a fair, friendlier message from another former Republican president. At a golf tournament luncheon, George W. Bush encouraged him to run against Senator Mark Kelly, a Democrat, suggesting the Republican Party needs more figures like Mr. Ducey to step forward. You're starting to see a sleazy side of George W. Bush, a sleazy side of the Bushes that was used to take out Reagan. They wanted to take out Reagan. 1976, they were with Ford, obviously. 1980, it was Reagan who reached out to the Bush family, and George in particular, George H.W. But there's a sleazy side to this family, just as there's a sleazy side to their surrogates. It's something you have to feel a certain sense of humility about, the governor said this month of Mr. Bush's appeal. You listen, to, to, you listen respectfully, and that's what I did. Mr. Bush and a band of anti-Trump Republicans led by Mitch McConnell of Kentucky are hoping he does more than listen. As Mr. Trump works to retain his hold on the GOP, elevating a slate of friendly candidates in midterm elections, Mr. McConnell, and you better bet Bush, and his allies are quietly, desperately maneuvering to try to thwart him. The loose alliance, which was once thought of as the GOP establishment, for months has been engaged in a high-stakes candidate recruitment campaign full of phone calls, meetings, polling memos, and promises of millions of dollars. It's all aimed at recapturing the Senate majority. No, it's all aimed at empowering McConnell, Bush, Cheney, and them. But the election also represents what could be Republicans' last chance to reverse the spread of Trumpism before it fully consumes their party. And what is Trumpism other than a more modern Application of conservatism. What's McConnellism? McConnellism is a never-ending hemorrhoid. Mr. McConnell for years pushed Mr. Trump's agenda and only rarely opposed him in public. But the message that he delivers privately now is unsparing, if debatable. Mr. Trump is losing political altitude and need not be feared in a primary, he has told Mr. Ducey in repeated phone calls. As the Senate leaders' lieutenants share polling data, they argue proves it. Now, Mitch McConnell was elected from Kentucky. That's it. And he's using his position as the so-called Republican leader, ladies and gentlemen, to try and lead the party. Lead the party to what? He says, we need bipartisanship. Is that what Schumer says? Is that what Pelosi says? Is that what Biden says? We need bipartisanship what? To push critical race theory? Open borders? Endless spending? No, we need leadership. In conversations with senators and would-be senators, McConnell is blunt about the damage he believes Trump has done to the GOP. According to those who have spoken to him, privately has declared he won't let unelectable goofballs win Republican primaries. Oh, really? Well, there were a lot of unelectable goofball rhinos that don't win crap. Romney would be one. McCain would be one. I could go right down the list. History doesn't bode well for such behind-the-scene efforts to challenge Mr. Trump and Mr. McConnell's hard sell, so far yielding mixed results. The former president has rallied behind fewer far-right candidates than initially feared by the party's old guard. Everybody hates conservatives, have you notice that? Yet a handful of formidable contenders have spurned Mr. McConnell's entreaties, declining to subject themselves to Mr. Trump's wrath, all for the chance to head to a bitterly divided white... No, because they'll lose... Last week, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland announced he wouldn't run for the Senate. Yeah, he believes despite that evolved his wife. Mr. Ducey is expected to make a final decision soon, but he has repeatedly said he has little appetite for a bid. Okay, because anybody who McConnell supports that we find out about who's not a conservative, we will oppose. Right here. Right here behind this microphone. Mr. Trump has had setbacks. He's made a handful of endorsements in contentious races. But his choices have not cleared the GOP field, and one has dropped out. Mr. Trump muscles his preferred candidates through primaries in the general election this year to leave little doubt of his control of the GOP. Build momentum for another White House bid and entrench his brand of politics in another generation of Republican leaders. What is his brand of politics? What is the problem here? The problem is the Democrats are destroying the country. They're destroying our classrooms. They're destroying our... Our gas prices, our automobile industry, they're destroying our, our borders. Where was Trump wrong on policy? I didn't agree with every single thing, but 90% of it was excellent. I can't say that a George W. Bush or George H. W. Kinder, gentler. No one should be afraid of President Trump, period, said Senator Susan Collins of Maine. I'm sorry, Susan. May I call you Sue? I'm sorry, Sue, we can't all run from Maine, you know. I love the state of Maine, but you're awful. We can't all run from the state of Maine. You were a Senate staffer, now you're a senator. As Maine goes, so goes Vermont. Vermont. Well, there's some evidence Mr. Trump's grip on the GOP voters has eased. Polls show the former president remains overwhelmingly popular in the party. Among politicians trying to win primaries, no other figure support is more ardently sought. My state, he's still looking as the leader of the party, said Josh Hawley in Missouri. But the proxy war isn't just in the Senate. And it goes on. As former President heckles the soon-to-be 80-year-old Kentuckian as an old crow, Mr. McConnell's response has been to embrace the moniker. Actually, he's, uh, he's bat-ass nuts, is McConnell. He's power hungry. Let me tell you something real fast. How much time do I have this segment, Rich? Minute and a half. I'll use about that, most of that. He has sat down with conservative senators who have disagreed with him. And he's basically threatened them that he controls the money, That he reaches in the primaries in every state. That he has ears everywhere on the Capitol. And they need to get in line on the important issues. That's Mitch McConnell. Talks about bipartisanship when it comes to the Democrats. When it comes to conservatives, he talks about crushing them. I want you to understand, you folks who listen to this radio show, Mitch McConnell despises you. He despises you. And he's trying to get candidates in there who you will not, who you will, but why does he love Collins and Murkowski and Romney and all these reprobates? Why? Do they really represent what the Republican Party stands for? No, they don't. I'll be right back. Much love in. Larry Hogan was plainly taken with the all-out push to recruit, although he declined to take on Senator Chris Van Cullen, a Democrat. Elaine Chao was working over my wife, he said. The AP between Mrs. Chao, the former cabinet secretary, wife of Mr. McConnell, and Merrill. You know what, Mr. Producer, let's get Peter Schweitzer on here. We're going to go through Mitch McConnell. This is your life. The man who, who claims to relead lead the Republicans... The man who wants to pick our primary candidates. The man with the closest ties of any Republican in the Senate with the Communist Chinese government. That's right, that Mitch McConnell, damn it! We American citizens, it's time to change the leadership in the United States Senate. One dummy after another. That's right. A trio of dummies all lined up there. They don't know what the hell's going on. That's Bing Peter Schweitzer on here, please. I'll be right back.
2: If you turn off your radio and open the window, you can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. Well, there were a
0: few states things were happening... On Convention of States, so we thought we'd bring back our uh, our baby doc when it comes to the issue of Convention of States, Mark Meckler. And to give us an update, Mark Meckler, how are you? Is Mark there, Mr. Producer?
2: Yellow. Yeah, I'm with you, Mark. Yellow. I'm I hear here. you
0: now. Mark Meckler, go right ahead, please.
2: Yeah, it's been a wild couple of weeks. Uh, we reported previously Wisconsin and Nebraska passed. In South Dakota, we'd made it through the House. We made it to the Senate floor. And unfortunately, we had a couple of guys who called themselves conservatives, who called themselves leaders, who called themselves Republicans, essentially hijacked the process. One is uh, All right, Senator let's slow Dick- down.
0: I want you to tell us who it is and what they did. Take your time.
2: Yeah, so so there are two, really. Uh, one is the pro tem of the Senate, so one of the leaders, his name's Lee Schoenbach, and he tried to kill it in committee. Uh, He failed on that. We smoked it out of committee. And then on the floor, he led the rebellion against us. Uh, And he's been on the radio since, Mark. And one of the things that was so astounding is his claim is if you support states, you must have rocks in your head. This is how bright this guy is. So Lee Schoenbeck is one of them. The other one is a guy by the name of David Johnson out of Rapid City. And the way he turned a couple of guys is he threatened to hijack the Senate floor with a bunch of theater if his fellow senators voted in favor of moving the resolution forward. So these two guys really did By the way, David Johnson, long history of protective orders against them, an incident with a female senator on the floor a couple of years ago, just a real piece of work.
0: Sounds like a McConnell guy. Um, yeah. So basically two of these guys uh, killed killed it. Is that correct, pretty much?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, if it were not for David Johnson and Lee Schoenbeck, a couple of John Birch Society acolytes, yeah, we'd have passed the South Dakota Senate, and that would have been state number 18.
0: Do you think they can be
2: primaried? Well, I certainly hope so. I know there's a lot of talk about it. Uh, I know that there is a Convention of States PAC in South Dakota. I know the grassroots are in an uproar, and I know they're just out for these guys. These guys turn their back on the Constitution. They don't understand Article Five. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say they're working with the left, but they're certainly making common cause with the radical left. When when you have groups like Code Pink and MoveOn.org and Planned Parenthood that take the exact same position as the Senate pro tem, Lee Schoenbeck, the exact same position as David Johnson, these are just bad guys.
0: Now, what's going on in the future do you see here? Any other oh, states? A
2: lot of good stuff going on in the future. Yeah. Oh, we got a lot of stuff, Mark. I'm headed, uh, tomorrow night I'll be headed to South Carolina, and we have a Senate subcommittee hearing in South Carolina. Everything looks really good there. We passed the House last year. That holds over. I think we're going to pass the Senate in the next couple of weeks. That'll be state number 18. On Thursday, likely, I'm going to be headed from South Carolina to West Virginia. West Virginia... You know, that's a state where last year we thought we had it done. We ran out of time at the end. I think we're going to get it done in West Virginia. here. Those should be states number 18 and 19 relatively quickly here.
0: Boy, once you hit 20, the whole world's going to start turning on you guys, and we're going to need to really, really fight these people hard because now they're going to start with their lives. We got a little taste of this a couple years back. You remember?
2: I do, Mark. And, you know, in fact, I was on the phone with all my national staff this morning, and I told them, we're going to look back on the previous period as sort of the golden years of our youth in Conventional States, that the war is really coming. And we're seeing this already. this is what stuns me about guys like Johnson and Schoenbeck. I'm being attacked by the radical left all over the country now. In, in some legislatures, I literally have Planned Parenthood testify against me, Legal Women Voters. We've got the Sierra Club coming out against us now, of all things. The entire left is going to align against us, and it's going to be full-scale war against Conventional States.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're going to lie, just like these two clowns lie, just like other Republicans lie, who claim they cons- they're they concerned about federalism. I mean, to be concerned about federalism is fine, but your question to them is always the right one. What do you propose? They don't propose anything. There's no, no other way to get this back propose. than they use the Constitution to save the Constitution.
2: They have absolutely no solutions, Mark, and, and that's a question I ask them over and over. If not this, then what? They'll say things like, well, we should elect good people. And my response is, well, how's that working out for you? You know, They'll say we should pray. I say, hallelujah, we should definitely pray. But that's not enough. We have to do the work, and this is the method. Well, I pray.
0: I pray for a Convention
2: exactly, of States. Exactly. Exactly the same. Yep, and we pray for good leadership, unlike the leadership of these guys Johnson and Schoenbeck in South Dakota.
0: Johnson and Schoenbeck, that sounds like a slip-and-fall law firm, doesn't it? That's to me.
2: Honestly, the quality of their statements made it sound like they were a slip-and-fall law firm. I mean, honestly, this guy Schoenbeck, to get on the radio and to say that anybody... All right, let me do this, Mark. I challenge Mr.
0: Schoenbeck, if you want to debate me on this subject, call into the program like any other citizen, and I'd be happy to debate you on this subject. We'll see you as rocks in their heads. Really?
2: Yeah, we'll definitely. I'll pass that along. Please do. Pass it on to him. I would be... I absolutely will do that, Mark. Write it in all capitals, a nice big
0: crayon, so he so he can read it.
2: <laughs> I, will, I promise you we'll do that, Mark, and we'll get that invitation to him for sure.
0: All right, Mark Meckler, God bless you and your family. and Keep it up. Thank you, my friend.
2: All right, thanks, Mark. God bless.
0: You too. Isn't this outrageous to have these pseudo-Republicans in there doing these things? I mean, sabotaging these efforts? And you can't convince them. They're real blockheads. That's why when they come up to me later, I want nothing to do with them. They, or People fight like hell. They finally get it through a committee. They push it through with Robert's rules. They get it out there. And then a couple of jerks get in there. And they and they don't understand what's going on. Typically, they're like 312 pounds and 5 feet 3 inches tall, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed that? They've ketchup on their tie. They haven't showered in about three and a half months. And they come on the floor like they know everything. They're like, you know, the bosses of their, of, their, of their political town or their county or whatever it is. Nobody can tell them. They're little Mitch McConnells. Little M squared. You get my drift. There's a whole piece here. I don't think the, it's a coincidence that you read that one on McConnell. And here's another one. Washington Compost. Yesterday, Michael Shear and Josh Dawsey. Josh Dorsey, are you jo, the Josh Darsey? Nobody knows what the hell these guys are. East Tawas, Michigan. Donald Trump's pick to become Michigan's next attorney general has a problem with the leaders of the party Trump once ran. In other words, the story is basically, the, 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 the threat in the story is that these Trump-endorsed candidates are more and more fighting with the Republican establishment in the states. And they see that as a way, quote, a weakened Trump question mark. As some voters edge away, battles part of the Republican Party once around. That's not what's going on here. These Democrats don't even understand. What's happening now, Trump is getting involved at the local, county, and state level endorsing candidates. They're taking on the Republican establishment. They're taking on the, the local McConnell types. That's what's going on. He's unleashed these battles for for control of the Republican Party. That is a good thing, not a bad thing. And that's the battle that's taking place, whether it's in Michigan or any other state. It's not that Trump is losing control of his party. Trump's never been a Republican Party party guy. But he's trying to help the Republican Party. He's trying to breathe life into the Republican Party as opposed to Mitch McConnell, who's the Grim Reaper. What are you going to do, Mitch, if you take over? We're going to stop Biden. We're going to look for bipartisanship here. We're going to find issues that we can agree on. Here. The guy, he's not smart. He's a conniver. Oh, and look who's behind him. Oh, my God. By the way, this is why I'm hated in Washington and hated by the Bush people, including the Bush people on TV. They hate my guts. Well the I mean, you know, feeling's a little mutual. I don't hate Bush's guts. I just think he he wasn't a very good president, and now he's in the shadows trying to undermine Trump. Now Romney I can't stand, I must confess. And a little dabble do him. Uh, where was I? Anyway, so McConnell, they said, what are you going to do if the Republicans take over? Well, we'll find a sign in the middle here and some bipartisan. I think he said, uh, meet in the middle and we need some bipartisanship. I that's right. What does that mean, meeting in the middle with American Marxists? Where's the middle with Schumer? Schumer's trying to destroy our system, economic and governing. Pack the court. Open the borders even more. And this guy. But McConnell's all about power. I I assume when he was a little kid playing recess, he probably had his ass kicked all over the place on the kickball field. I'm just guessing. And this is his, like, power thing. And the other thing the, uh, the establishment does is they attack the Trump people for not having principles. This is pretty funny. And what are the principles of the rhinos? McConnell just said, but i are going to meet halfway but bipartisan, but something in the middle. So they want to meet in the middle. That's the principle. The principle is the process. The principle is not the substance. In other words, the principle is not the principle. So you have these stories, simultaneous, Washington Compost, a weakened Trump question mark? That, that is a sleazy way to put an opinion out. As some voters edge away, he battles parts of the Republican Party he once ran. There aren't many in the Republican that You have your outliers like the Susan Collinses who can only get elected from New England. Only get elected from New England. Can't get elected anywhere else on the planet. And the Murkowskis can only get elected. really wasn't once in Alaska. Now, no offense, I love Alaska, I love Maine. But you combine them both, they have the population of what, Mr. Producer, Delaware? I don't know, but it's not a lot. So that, as goes Susan Collins and Murkowski, so goes America. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And you know what's what? Murkowski considered, excuse me, forget about her. Collins is considered fairly conservative by Maine standards. Yeah, that's about right. But anyway, uh. The one thing I love about Maine and you what do we call people from Maine Mr. Producer Mainers? Mainers? What do you call them Richie? Mainers? What what do you call them? Mainers, I guess, right? You don't call them you don't call them. Okay, well, that's cuz you're from New Jersey. Nobody's calling you either. I'll be right back. Much love in This is getting weirder and weirder, Mr. Producer. I'm contractually bound not to speak. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's getting weird. Very weird. People will know what I mean soon enough, you know? Let's go to Brian in Bronx, New York. He has a brilliant point. Go ahead, Brian. WABC XM Satellite. Brian, go right ahead, please. You know your name spelled backwards, says Narib. All right, Brian's not there. George, Chicago, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app. George, go right ahead, please.
2: Yes, sir. Um, Thank you very much for taking over the reins from Rush Limbaugh.
0: Well, Um, I don't know that I've done that. But anyway, uh, here I am. uh,
2: Well, I think you're taking taking us to the next level. Um, I am from Missouri, like Rush. I lived in Dallas 15 years, but, um, and now I live in the land of liberals. Uh, long story, but I wanted to say, I don't know if this has been said, but I'm kind of worried about, you know how our, um, the, the, the Russians have been involved with uh, Biden and Hillary. I, I, it's, it scares me. I think this whole thing with the Russian, and the Ukraine is like an exercise. I think they're going to make their favorite doormat president look good. I think they're going to, uh, you know what I mean? And then the media is going to get behind I, them. I, and,
0: uh, oh. I, I agree with you that the media will spin it for Biden no matter what. And I also believe Biden created the environment which an evil person like Putin could operate and advance. But in the end, I think uh, the Democrat Party and Biden will pay a price for this. I really do, because people cannot forget Afghanistan. They right. can't forget. We have 9,000 fellow citizens stuck in Afghanistan, and the media don't even talk about it. They're busy attacking me on the Washington Post. It's unbelievable. 9,000 American citizens in, in, uh, in, in Afghanistan behind enemy lines. And McConnell's attacking Trump, and uh, Liz Cheney attacking Krib- Lizzie, and the others are attacking Trump, that he's a menace. In, uh, 9,000 American citizens over there under Biden. Anyway, I don't think it'll be it's a distraction in that sense. I mean, it's Russia that's doing all the movement here. Uh, but I do think they'll paint Biden in a very good picture. They'll try to because they hate what the Repubics will come to learn. And they should know by now, particularly the establishment, the media hate them, too. They're using Liz Cheney. They think she's a joke. They know Adam Kingsing is a head case. But I want to thank you for your call, my friend. Very, very fine call. I appreciate it. We'll take more calls tomorrow, okay? I, only know, I know we only got the one person. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. See you then.